1: The sharks did not get Kachuk. Goodbye. That's true. Goodbye. Bye now. See ya. Oh well. Did we really think they would? Um, I thought there was like a one percent chance. <laughs> I just thought it was. It, I mean, that um, I think it was San Jose Hockey. Now kind of drew the com- the connection between the Kachuk family and one of the new Sharks employees, director of scouting. So. I thought maybe, but why would Kachuk want to come here? This team's terrible.
0: Yeah, I do. There is a guy that I used to play hockey with that once. I'm trying to remember the origin of this story, but I think he actually was on the ice with Keith Kachuk during either like one of those, you know, pickup game kind of things. Yeah. And uh, it was funny. It was post NHL career. So Keith Kachuk was
1: 300 pounds.
0: (laughs) I wasn't going to say that directly, but. He was into his 40s yeah. and my friend was one of the fastest skaters on our team and probably in the league. And he said he would just like gut a- gun for a puck and Keith Kachuk would just like easily beat him to the puck without trying. Yeah. Like that's yeah. how good even the post-NHL burger eating Keith Kachuk <laughs> is, right? <laughs> right so right. We, we would all do well to remember this. Of course. Um, but yeah, if I have no... Understanding as to why he was playing in a pickup
1: game at Sharks Ice, but that's what it was. I don't know. I thought the Sharks might have been able to put together an interesting package when you look at what the Flames got, which was amazing. I just they can't. Got a I, lot. I, I can't. I mean, I get it. I I guess from the Florida perspective, they they could not afford to re-sign both these players, so I guess they were deciding for themselves if they'd rather have Huberto or Kachuk if they were just gonna let Wigner walk. Right. And they decided the chance to get Kachuk in any way possible was worth you know, moving off those two players. Um, I don't know if it makes them better necessarily. You've created unless they go out and like sign Klinberg or something, right? Right. You know, I mean, which isn't he's not the same player as uh Mackenzie Wigner, but I mean, you know, um, it's just interesting, but for Calgary, they went from maybe sliding almost all the way out of the playoff picture to, you know, still being at the top of the Pacific, which isn't any great shakes by the way, (laughs) (laughs) but good for them. Right. But I thought, you know, you look at that, that package, if it was Huberto and Wigner, I mean, the Sharks could have offered sort of the Diet Coke version of that with, <laughs> with Meyer and Ferraro, right? Yeah, You know, and uh, would may probably wouldn't have been hung up on. Uh, like, the Blues offer that was reported was Tarasenko. In Cairo? S- no. Not Cairo? Tarasca- Tarasenko, the awful contract of Scandella and a lottery-protected pick. That was their offer.
0: Well, no no mystery why that deal didn't work. Every blues every article I read about how the blues might get Kachuk involved Jordan Kairou.
1: And neighbors. And apparently they didn't offer either of them. Right. They tried to I think they they thought that you know, Calgary was completely playing from a disadvantaged standpoint, which it sure looked like they were, but it did. Florida, I mean, you know. They got what they, 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 they paid, you know, they paid, uh, but they got the best player. They did. They paid, they got the best player. I don't know. I just, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, they weakened their team in another spot to improve it in one. So Mm. it'll be interesting to see how they counter that. Right. 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 So, I mean, I'm not convinced that Mark Stahl is the answer to, uh, you know, filling that spot. Since they brought in the, the stall reunion here.
0: But, uh, yeah, that almost seems like a like a reunion tour. Like when you see, like, you know, Bachman Turner Overdrive play in the county <laughs> fair. You're like,
1: yeah, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah, but I mean, you know, speaking of reunions, dude, uh, Mike Greer and David Quinn back together again back after, together. Uh, you know, Quinn's time in the Rangers uh, falls by the wayside. He's uh, only out of the NHL for one season. And he comes back as the head coach of the San Jose Sharks dude excited
0: that's uh, <gasps> uh, that's stretching it to say that I'm excited um, uh, let's put it this way is it the traditional definition of a retread I would say it's not right he doesn't this isn't um Rick bonus right right so this isn't Mike Keenan this is a guy who coached... Randy Carlisle. Right. This is a guy who coached one time before. Uh, we'll talk about the pluses and minuses of that tenure. And has some experience, but isn't considered, I think, to be a long-standing NHL coach that a GM would hire who has basically
1: zero creativity. Right? Sure. Sure. I mean, I made a list of why I'm excited and why I'm concerned. Let's start with concerned, dude. That list is longer. (laughs) Also more fun. All right. We just hired a coach who the team that fired him improved immensely after he left. Right. That's the biggest downside, obviously. That is um, concerning. Uh, We just hired a coach who, uh, from certain accounts I've read, and now they've been disputed by... You know, I think even at the press conference that he has impatience with young players. Yeah, I read that too. Um, concerned about that. We just hired a, co- a coach who has no real success at the professional, international, or even collegiate level, dude. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that he had a program at BU that made the playoffs multiple times they never won mm-hmm. i think they made the finals one time Which, you know that's an accomplishment right it's not but nothing it's not nothing but he's never won at the minor league level he's never won a playoff series at the nhl level and at the international level team didn't perform very well yeah okay
0: <laughs> so are we saying this guy's just a really good interview
1: well, I mean, Impossible. I, I it, let me get to my last one. Uh-oh. It's my favorite. The reason why they fired David Quinn or one of them at least was that Tom Wilson like and the Capitals, you know, h- humiliated their team, right? You remember that in like they, yeah. they 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 that's the game where they hurt Panarin and nobody did anything. So I guess he'll fit in great here. <laughs> because that's been the sharks mo for decades, right, right? Right. So now that's not what they they're saying at the press conference. Right. They're saying all the right things, right? So dude, that's why I'm concerned.
0: Sure. I think I think it's legitimate to be concerned. Let me let me give a couple of counter examples. One is that Adam Fox won the Norris trophy while he was playing under David Quinn and was a fairly unknown defenseman before correct he had a monster year and there's been some young players that absolutely thrived in the year that he was there and have gone on to become not only good nhl's nhlers but stars correct so that's that seems promising in terms i mean and certainly one of his major uh jobs as head coach is going to be to shepherd some of these young players into starring roles at the NHL level, right? That's right. If he does not create an environment where William Eklund is not only a regular NHL player, but a good one, then I'd say that he has failed.
1: That's a great point, dude. And I think that that's definitely on my, why am I excited list? There are some Rangers players who've really popped, or you can see that You can tell this story another way, right? He was there and laid the foundation for what the success is now that has, you know, risen under a different voice. Right. Right? That he is being unduly criticized for, you know, um, what was already going to happen. Yes. Which was the Rangers were going to ascend. You can also see, in addition to Fox, the emergence of a goaltending star. Yes. Under his you know, coaching regime. Right. Yep. So yes, that is a reason to be excited. And those are some pretty good reasons, right?
0: Yeah. The, I, the, the young player thing, I, I have to be honest, that that's the one thing that worries me the most, you know, I think there was a quote that said under who was the coach that was after Quinn. I can't remember. Gallant. Gallant. He said under Gallant, if I made a mistake, I wasn't immediately on the fourth line. Right implying that's what it was with Quinn and I have to think uh if that's going to be his approach to these young players then this is going to be a real bumpy ride here
1: right well uh, I'm not as I don't know that we're going to have that problem because I don't think there's going to be any any of these young players on this team
0: Yeah, you think they're just going to... We've signed all these third and fourth line That's right,
1: dude. I mean, this is one of the topics of today is that I look at the Sharks roster and this is... I don't know if this is a positive or a negative and I want to get your take on this. I don't think there's a lot of roster competition in camp. What spots are open? What's available? I see second line spots
0: open. You do? Not necessarily third and fourth line. So... Let me tell you who... The who's, the, tr- who's on the second line right
1: okay, now? Okay. Well, I mean, right now, I mean, these are our, these are these the guys who are locks to make the team, right? Barring any trades. Meyer, Hurdle, Kunin, Barabanov, Couture, LeBanc, who you can't play anywhere else. He has to play a top six role. See,
0: to me, Kunin, Barabanov, and LeBanc are all question marks in top six. But Kunin was
1: a third-line player in Nashville, wasn't he? Uh, um, correct. I think Kunin is the question mark. But, I mean, you've got Lindblom who could move up or could play. But those guys are going to be on the Also not lead, a second-line player. I'm, I'm not saying maybe they're good second-line players, but these are locks to be on the team, sure. right? Benino, that's eight. Lawrence, that's nine. Nieto, that's ten. Nico Sturm, that's 11. Yeah. So you got 11 guys who you have on NHL deals who are going to be playing. Right? I think there's room for,
0: for at least one or two guys because if Kevin LeBanc can't play the power play and he sucks, then you're not going to put him on the fourth line. You're going to scratch him. You scratch him. Right.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I guess the, then then I, you're... The way I'm looking at this is I don't think they're they're creating a situation where William Eklund is gonna come in and win a job. Now, I mean, unless he's amazing, right, and they're committing to playing him 16 minutes and top power play time, right? Then isn't that then, what we've been advocating for the last two years? It is, dude, but they haven't done it. Like they they what they do is the exact crap that we just described. Right. Which is they they play them eight minutes and And they don't learn anything, at the skill set that they should be developing, and nothing happens, right?
0: Right. But I'm saying that right now, the team wasn't structured this way as it was two years ago or last year. The team over the last two or three years was structured such that we had weak players, not really good role players in the third and fourth line level. And so there was some benefit or at least perceived benefit to putting William Eklund, Thomas Bordalo on the fourth line because our fourth line players blew. Right. Frankly, our fourth line players don't blow anymore. Right. So you put him on the second line. And if he's not doing what he should be doing at the NHL level, then you put him on the Barracuda.
1: Yeah. I I think that that's a scenario that's possible. I do think that they've set up this roster so that they don't have to take any of these young guys at all. And because you've got, I mean, to me, you look at 12 and 13, that's Jeff Viel and that's Jonah Gadjavich. Gadjavich, yeah. Right? So now you've got 13. So, yeah, are there guys going to be playing maybe up a slot that they maybe shouldn't be? They're playing out of, you know, they're playing over their head in the lineup. Yes. But I feel like they have created a roster now that is, you know, um filled with capable bottom six guys who are able to play those roles effectively. And I'm not saying that they're, they're gonna be good. I'm not saying the team's gonna be good. I'm just saying they're not they've created a situation where they're not Relying on some of these young guys to come in and make a real impact. Yeah,
0: this Sasha year. Chemilevsky, you're the new fourth line
1: guy. Well, he's not even going to be here right. anymore. He's gone. Right. He's great. I mean, gone. like, and I think that ties into my other point. I think Sasha Chemilevsky took a look at this and went, I got what? I got no shot. They've given yeah. me no chance to make this team because they've signed, you know, three or four veteran NHL established players. Where am I going to play? I'm going to be. At the Barracuda again. I'm out of here. Right. But whose fault is that?
0: Whose fault is that? It's not Shasta, It's not. It's not the coaching staff's fault. If you're, if you're trying to make the show, let's let's be honest. Chemolevsky was never an A plus pro- prospect that was supposed to score thirty goals at the NHL level. Right? He's a guy who has offense. He's a guy who scored at a lower level. And he's a guy who needed to find a place on an NHL team. He was given opportunities to find that place on the NHL team at the third and fourth line level. Is he the right player for that role? In retrospect, no, he's not. And you know what a lot of guys do? I'm thinking the first, the first name that pops into my mind, for whatever reason, is Mark Smith. Yeah. Mark, Mark Smith was a frigging stud at the junior level. He scored 115 points in a season. Yeah. The guy was a frigging monster. And you know what happened when he got to the NHL level? He realized that he did not have the top end talent to compete with the Joe Sackicks and the Peter Forsbergs and the Eric Lindroses of the world. And he said, I want to play in the show. I got to be tenacious. I got to play the PK and I got to be on the third line. And that's what he did. And he carved out an NHL career. Can every player do that? No. Was there an opportunity for Sasha Chemilevsky to do that? I believe there was. I think there was. And maybe he's just not the right kind of guy or player or whatever to do that. But you're telling me if he wasn't playing defensively good hockey, hitting everything that moved and was chipping the puck and saying plus on the Corsi level, they wouldn't have kept him? Of course they would have kept him.
1: I don't think they wanted him to leave. I think he chose to leave because he felt like he wasn't getting... This isn't a guy... You're right, dude. Like, sometimes you have to change your game, right? Sometimes you have to adapt to be a different style of player. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe he wants to do that or doesn't. I don't know, right? You know, but... It's, I mean, you look at, I, I think, I don't have stats in front of me, but I think Jeff Viel was like, Uh, had 100 points at the junior level or right. something, like, right? And that. Is Jeff Viel ch- trying to carve out no, a second no. line well, role? He's, no, no, well, he he's understands what he is. That's right. But I think Chemilevsky, you know, by all accounts, is a skill player that wants to play a skill role. No, dude, I mean, like, he's got 24 NHL games, he had 10 points. It's not like he was total dog shit, right? <laughs> like, but but you look at, he played, played five games in 2020. In 2021. 20, he played 19 last year. He had eight assists. I mean, that's not embarrassing, but I remember that he never played more than 12 minutes. They didn't give this guy a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, they didn't give him a chance. That's a fair point, you know? Uh, and, you know, you look at what he did at the Barracuda. I mean, he had 37 points in 47 games, right? I mean, so that's, I mean, if, if he played the whole season there, he'd be a 60 point AHL player. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this guy now, to me, without any inside information, because I'm just a speculative dude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He walked because he goes, I can't. How am I gonna establish my career as a skilled hockey player if I'm just gonna be banished to the AHL again? Right. Yeah. yeah. Now he may have calculated wrong because the Barracuda, if it plays out right, could be a juggernaut, right? Yeah. They could be great. A great AHL team. And there's that's n- all we're asking for.
0: Well, there's nothing... It's gonna, And that will burnish your reputation if you're on a winner like that. And so maybe he miscalculated. I mean, I don't want to go too far into the weeds with Sasha Chemilevsky <laughs> in particular, but... But that's the point, is yeah. that
1: I just don't know that there's a lot of available space for any of these young Sharks prospect skill players. It's not like we're looking at the Blackhawks or even what the senators have done or Arizona where they're just like okay guys just go play you know and yeah, yeah. and you know we're going to play you no matter what that's not what this is right
0: that's that's true that's true and it seems like this is a at least from the way that Greer was talking in the press conference with the new coach and the way that he uh has talked about not making quick short term moves it seems like this is a purposeful strategy right mm-hmm. this isn't we're going to put William Eklund on the team and we're going to see what happens right because as we've mentioned in the last podcast this has not been a winning strategy for the Sharks this is not really cultivated a, a winning prospect pool right because the fact is is the coach is there to win games and if you put a Thomas Bortolo maybe that's not a good example but you put a young player in there and he makes three terrible defensive mistakes you're trying to win games here Right, David Quinn or whoever else or Bob Bugner is not going to keep their job if they lose a bunch of games because of terrible defensive mistakes. There's a there's a tension there, right? Right. There's a tension between I have to win the game that I'm playing tonight and I have to develop players and get them ready for the NHL level. And it seems like Gear has made a call. Greer has made a call that says we're going to put these young guys at the AHL level where they can make all the mistakes they want because we don't care about that. I am not. I mean, it'd be nice if the team's great, but if we lose a game night to night because of some bad play by a young player, well, that's not the worst thing in the world.
1: And I hope that's what they do. Me too. Because one, I want to watch it, right? I think it would be exciting. When's the last time we've ever really wanted to go to a Barracuda game, right? right? We've never had that level of minor league talent or excitement here where you can, I think it'd be good for the team, right? Yeah. And I think you're right. The, the way they've set this up here, with a not a retread, but a but a professional coach coming in here, right? And them signing several NHL level bottom six players, the Sharks aren't the Sharks are going to try to make the playoffs. That is what they're gonna to try to do. I right. do believe that. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're going to. But if this bounces right for them and they play the way that Quinn says, the Pacific is not good. No. Like, you know, like they could find themselves in the mix for one of those final spots. You can't convince me that anyone in the Pacific is a runaway shoe in other than Edmonton probably, right? I mean, like just seeing the jump that they took, but even them, it's sort of like, show me again. Like, I'll believe it when you show me again, right? Right. Vegas is not as good as they used to be, right? That's for sure. Calgary is taking a major hit, you know, in terms of losing one of the biggest stars in the NHL and not replacing them, right? Yeah. Um, Anaheim is young. The Kings, I, 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 I'm not sure I believe in what they did or not, right? They're not bad. They're on the way up.
0: Yeah. I think Arizona, they have good
1: prospects. Arizona is terrible. Yeah. Vancouver is I don't know what that is. It's it's there, right? For sure. I mean like And the Krakener balls. The Kraken are terrible. Yeah. So you go, I get it. Like I mean, you know, if they play this sort of intense style and they win a bunch of games two to one because 'cause they're not gonna be able to score. Yeah. Then we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Who Did, knows? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. What's up with Mario Ferraro, dude? Why has he not signed?
0: I, I honestly don't know. He hasn't called me yet today. Ah! <laughs> Do you think the Sharks intend to sign Mario Ferraro? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't they're they're not doing arbitration, right?
1: I don't think so. I don't think so.
0: I don't um know. I don't know. I mean there, they're, you know, there's negotiation. There's still plenty of time before the season begins. Yep. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see what this is in terms of I think now we're at the point where the defensive core is unfortunately thinner than it was obviously with the departure of Brent Burns. Mario Ferraro is going to be able to have all of the time that he wants. And especially when we have the ascendancy of guys like Kale McCarr, who's now seems to be the best defenseman in the NHL. Also, uh, according to Dom Lecision has the best contract in the NHL there seems to be a real premium of defensemen who can put up some points and that has a lot of value and Mario Ferraro does not have that yet right and so that may be a point of contention when you're talking about a contract negotiation right the guy is definitely a positive presence as a person on the ice has a lot of jump he does all those you know he has all the makings of like a future captain of this team a future leader but the fact is is he's not a Vlasic-esque shutdown defenseman, and he's certainly not a guy who puts up a ton of points. So he's sort of this tweener where, is he an NHL player? Oh, yeah. 100%. But is he the number four, number five guy? Or he is the number two, number three guy, right? like, And that's, I think, I think reasonable minds may disagree on that.
1: Right. I mean, I think the Sharks have improved their depth at the... At the D, like in terms of quality players, but they've lost a high-end talent, right? You know, Benning and Nutivara, Nutivara, if healthy, that's a pretty under-the-radar signing. I mean, this guy was playing top four minutes for a pretty good Columbus team a couple years ago, and he got hurt, Yeah, right? I mean, there's some interesting comparisons here to those of you who are also um, San Francisco Giants fans. Farhan Zayety, the GM of the Giants, loves to buy low on guys who um, are either coming off injury or some other, you know, disappointing career moment and take a chance on them. And if it pays off, either one, you keep them as part of your future core or two, you turn around and flip them and sell high, right? Right. Right. And I feel like Greer has kind of done that with a couple guys here, right? Where he's got a situation where, you know, Benning clearly, with the term they gave him, they want Benning to be here for a while, right? Yeah. yeah. But Vara Lindblom, like, I don't know. Like, if they resurrect their careers, they could be used... As trade chips, right? You know, signed to reasonable deals, also signed for another season, right? If these guys are playing well and the Sharks are not, but the players are playing well, you might be able to turn these guys into something else, some sort of future asset. So it's just an interesting strategy.
0: It is. It is. You know, dude, The two of the articles that I always read with interest from The Athletic on a yearly basis is the 10 best and the 10 worst contracts. Right. Listeners to the podcast will remember, we talked about this last year, the Sharks had three of the 10 worst contracts in the NHL. Right. I'm happy to report it's now only
1: two of the 10 worst. (laughs) Who didn't make the list?
0: Logan Couture is no longer on the list. Logan Couture was marked as one of the 10 worst contracts last year, and he was not this year. He wasn't even an honorable mention. Uh, Sort of a sideline. I did some looking into Logan Couture's stats. He had a good year last year, and that's not something that we really talked about. Not something a lot of people really talked about. Logan was definitely had a much stronger year this past season than the season before. He drove possession, especially at even strength, well over 50% even strength in Corsi and Fenwick. And relative to the other players, he was considerably better than other players. The reason why I think maybe his stats don't look great, his plus minus doesn't look great, is because he was put into a pretty tough defensive position most of the time. His offensive zone start percentage is under 50%. The guy was considered to be a tough penalty killer, played a lot of PK. And so overall, if you look at his overall stats, which includes all minutes, doesn't look fantastic. But he was put into a tough spot. And when he wasn't in a tough spot, he performed well. So Logan Couture deserves probably more props than either myself or a lot of others have given him. So he had a really good year last year and he appears to be worth that pretty significantly large deal that he has. I'm glad for it. I'm glad for it. Good for you. But Carlson and Vlasic
1: still on the list. (laughs) Dude, with Brent Burns departing, dude, do you think, what do you think the chances are that we see health considerations aside? that we see the Eric Carlson we expected now with Burns not being here?
0: Any truth to that? It's impossible to say health considerations aside. That's that's the problem. I said it, though. You, I heard you say it. <laughs> but the fact is, is that Eric Carlson has a very difficult time remaining healthy. And he did have a better year last year than he did the year before. He went down on the list. He had periods where he played well last season for the Sharks. But the problem is, is those periods are always interspersed with injury and i don't think we can have a reasonable or honest conversation about eric carlson and say injuries aside because
1: injuries are never aside but if you're trying to cast a movie with two a-list stars sometimes they don't work well together right And i'm not saying the guys didn't like each other their skills just don't complement each other at all right and that was the case here you had two guys who were looking to drive play that were looking for theirs Right. And, you know, when you put them together, they just never worked at all. So you take one out of the equation. This is clearly Eric Carlson's, you know, bus to drive. He'll be driving the majority of play. He's not going to have to worry about deferring to another person. Will that help?
0: I certainly don't think it's going to hurt. Let's put it that way. I don't think it's, it's going to get worse for him. Um, it may help a little bit. We'll have to see how much it helps. I could see it helping. I could also see it being basically the same. But we'll
1: we'll have to see what happens. He, I'm gonna go out on a limb, dude. He's gonna have a big year? I think he's gonna I, I think it's very possible. I'm not willing to commit to that. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's very possible again, if he remains healthy, that we could see more of the player that we thought we were getting than the person that we've had the last several seasons, because he'll be more in the role that he's accustomed to this Batman and Robin thing. Yeah. No one wanted to be Robin. Right. You know? And so you, you have, you know, a, a chance here to find out, you know, what, whether that is going to work or not, dude. Yeah. Dude. What do you think about, I'm calling it goalie poker. Yeah. The sharks are playing goalie poker right now. Yep. On their roster, they have three guys signed to NHL contracts. So you can't... I mean, from what I can tell, you can't send down Aiden Hill without absorbing a portion of that as an NHL cap penalty.
0: That's not true. You sure? Yeah. You just got to pay him. You got to pay him NHL NHL money. I thought... But he doesn't count against the cap. Unless... Wait, does he have... No, he's not over 35.
1: So if you sent...
0: So you're going to have to waive him, right? Which will, if you want to send him down, you have to waive him, which makes him available to every other team to claim his contract as it sits today. But if he's in the minor league, if he's in the minors, he does not count against the cap, but you do have to pay him his NHL salary because he has a one-way contract. So I'm sure people will yell at me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure about this. The only the only contracts that count against the cap when you send them down are the over 35 deals.
1: So as I'm looking, I'm looking at cap friendly here. I guess I understand maybe what it's saying here is that he's making 2.175. And then it says in parentheses, when I send him down, 1.050. So maybe that is what he... Okay, I'm confused about that. So, I don't think that's the case. So I'm looking at this here as everybody's getting so with Aiden Hill in the minors, the Sharks have and with no Ferraro signed, the Sharks have four point seven nine, basically four point eight million in cap space. All right, dude, I'm going to bring him back up. So what I said, four point eight in cap space with him on the team, they have three point six in cap space. So there is a cap penalty there. There's a cap penalty to sending him down. According to cap friendly. Okay. There's a cap penalty.
0: Well, I mean, they certainly know more about the C B A than I do. It could have been one of the recent I know there was one version of the CBA where that was the case, and maybe they tried to correct it because you had guys like Kyle McLaren that you just sent down and paid him $2.5 million forever, and you didn't count against the cap. I
1: guess what I'm saying is here, I don't believe that the Sharks are truly going to carry three goalies like they're sort of you know posturing that they will. I'm calling it goalie poker, and I think what they're waiting for is for someone to get hurt in training camp, and then they'll be like, hey... Hey, uh, How's it going? How about a slightly used James Reimer? Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's their best trade ship. No one's going to want Aiden Hill. True.
0: Yeah. I think right? That's, that's right. Unless you just want to send his contract and take minimal return.
1: I mean, I, I yeah. I mean, it, I guess it depends on, you know, who, who it is that gets hurt. If somebody's number one goes down, well, then James Reimer maybe is... A, a suitable solution right if someone's backup goes down well maybe you're offering them aiden hill yeah right yeah so i just think this game of poker that they're playing they're just going to be waiting now to see or i who mean gets a who has an injury
0: or they 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 plan the longest they might have to carry i guess they could wait all the way till the trade deadline but you know or the first couple months of the season and wait for an injury then
1: yeah, I guess. I mean I, They yeah. don't
0: have to get rid of him before the season starts.
1: I just don't I don't think that they're gonna send him down to the AHL because you look at they have Aaron Dell, they have, you know, Strauss Mann, and then the goalie they acquired in the Burns tray at to Maka right? They really want Aiden Hill playing yeah. like games for the Barracuda. I don't think that's what they want. I mean, I think they want to see As much Straussman as possible, right? And Aaron Dell is like your your boo-boo blanket down there. Right. If you need to bring him up, you bring him up. And if you... I mean, to me, he's the third goalie. I don't think that we'll have... One of these guys isn't going to be here. And it won't be Kockinen. He's going to be here. Right. Kockinen's staying. Right.
0: They definitely want him to be the guy, I think. I think they're going to give him the chance, right? For sure. So, dude, looking forward now that the coach is in place, what is the big issue for the Sharks to solve? Or do they have any big issues to solve between now and training camp?
1: Oh, I mean, they need to fill out the coaching staff and, you know, um, and really continue to try to. uh, put an emphasis on developing their young players, right? So I think it's just, can they stick, can they find a philosophy that they agree on, which I'm assuming they do because they hired Quinn and, and stand by it and execute it, right? Will they stand by a vision that they're going to execute together and not, you know, pivot in camp? I, I, from what I can tell, that's the vision. The vision is the young guys play, at the Barracuda and they're going to let these veteran guys play at the NHL level and whether they're good or bad they're not going to change the plan. Right. Right? If the veterans aren't performing then the NHL team will just not be good. <laughs> be good. Yeah. And they're not going to do it at the sacrifice of the development of the young players. Cuz I think, you know, I Quinn and Greer can't believe that this team is going to compete for a cup. No. No. They they have to know that that's not the case. Right. I think they know that. I mean, Greer's made some, he's made some signals to that effect. Right. So the only way that they can try to figure out if they have the young players that might be able to help in that quest to get to that point is to let them play without, you know, let them play in the roles that they envision and develop some chemistry together. Would it be the worst thing for them to experience a winning environment? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh I hope not. It's been that that's been a real rarity at the HL level for the Sharks for a long time. Be nice.
1: And and, and the other thing that t- gives you signals that that's going to be what's going to happen is they brought in two junior coaches, right? Two junior assistants. I'm going to sneeze. <gasps> to be Kichu. <Ka-choo! laughs> oh wait. <laughs> to be uh to be McCarthy's assistants. Yeah. Right? Mhm. I mean that screams development. Yep. Yep. So, I'm, I, those are the things that I have my eye on right now, dude. I mean, I think the NHL roster is, other than Ferraro resigning, is pretty well set. Yeah. The goalie thing will play out in training camp, and you know, you know, we'll see if the Sharks can truly execute the style of play that Greer and Quinn have
0: discussed right that's the question cautiously optimistic is this the most uh exciting hire from the coaching perspective it's not but we we sort of thought that was going to happen as soon as Greer was hired so it's not exactly a surprise and uh well we'll just have to see how it plays out dude
1: yeah I mean you look I'm looking at cap friendly here dude and like next year the sharks have nine picks in the 2023 draft That's what a rebuilding team should have. That's right. Right? They have their first, the second, a third, a fourth, two fifths, a sixth, and two sevenths. And I think by the end of this year, that will grow. They might have more. Yeah. They might have more. Right? Or they might have picks even further back. Right? Where you're looking at, you know, for the first time in, in forever, sorry, if you are a Frozen fan, I know at least one person will get that. (laughs) That, um, the Sharks have all their first round picks. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they have their first round picks for the next three years. So um, continuing to add to that collection will help, uh, you know, although I'll tell you what made me really mad when we looked at the uh, top 50 prospects on The Athletic from Scott Wheeler and the guy the Sharks could have taken at 13th in this NHL draft was on it. Yeah. That made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we'll see
0: we you know i it's so hard to to evaluate these things in the moment because we're talking about futures right we're not talking about current and just because he's on a list now doesn't mean he's gonna turn i know out to be dude but player. i mean
1: you're just looking you, you, you sure. just kind of look at this and you go you know i want to have something to look forward to sure right sure. but you look at the potential barracuda roster okay hey uh Eklund, Bordalo, Robbins, Weisblatt, Gushkin, right? Like, there's a funny video of Mike Ricci working with the players. I've seen on, it. It's so great. I've seen it. Yeah. He says, I got see if I could get through this without swearing, <laughs> right? And then he tells uh, Daniil Gushkin, he goes, your English is better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny, I mean, if you have a chance. But, I mean, they're working on one-timers, right? Yep. yep. And... It was fun to see his uh, enthusiasm for player development.
0: Yes. Right? Definitely. Definitely. You're so, getting a call, dude. I am getting a
1: call. Hello? Anyone we want to talk to? No. Oh. Nobody we want to call. Hopefully oh.
0: that... I don't know. I don't think that audio made it to the podcast. Oh, uh, well.
1: Okay. Well, uh, spoiler.
0: It's all good. But uh, all right, dude. Well, well, we'll be back soon enough. I, I think it's going to be quiet here for a little while now. But um, if anything interesting happens, we'll be
1: back. Yeah. I think we're... Uh, we're entering a quiet time here. Uh, but, you know, if there's anything to talk about, dude, you know, we'll be back soon. The Sharks start the season overseas, which. Uh, weird. Is weird. I don't know if I'm super excited about that. But, um, you know, I, I I don't remember that really being a great thing for our teams, you know, <laughs> yeah, going right. overseas to start the season. But it'll be interesting.
0: Maybe they could stay at uh, Gushkin's home. Maybe. You never know. All, All right, right, dude. Go, Sharks. Sharks. Show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.